Welcome to the Souls of Society community. We're building the new world here. It's based on connection, compassion, and collaboration. Join us as we explore how to create a new earth. Enjoy the Heart Center conversation. I'm Dijon. Welcome to the tribe. Bless. Okay, hello, Souls family. I'm here with my good friend, Olivia Wong. This is our first podcast in the quarantine era that we're now living in. And it's a great opportunity to check in with different people in different circumstances and see how they're processing everything and just to be more connected. So thanks for being here, Olivia. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to the community and share my story with them because we're all dealing with this. And this event that we've just experienced in the last two weeks is unprecedented in modern history. It is. It is. And that could be scary or it could be exciting. I know that people have expressed both emotions and, you know, I think it's exciting to have you on here because of what you do and how it's helping to reshape the world. Thank you. Yes, I know. It's so interesting. This whole pandemic and crisis has really lit a fire under me. There were so many things I wanted to do before this all happened two weeks ago. You know, I, I thought to myself, oh, I want to make an online course. I want to take a master class or create one. I want to build an online community. I want to write a book. And all of a sudden, the world flips upside down. And everything that I knew was a reality became different. My whole life changed overnight. And it really was a moment for me to reflect and think, well, when I only have so much energy and attention and focus, what am I going to create? What am I going to spend my time on? So I've been really busy these last few weeks, as you probably know. You probably see me on social media and Facebook. And I'm happy to talk about any of that. But I'm also happy to just be real and be human and tell you, what I've been experiencing. You know, it hasn't been easy. And I know it's definitely not easy for a lot of people right now who are f- afraid that their family or their loved ones have the virus. Maybe they do. Perhaps you're in quarantine. I was in self-quarantine for two weeks. People have lost their jobs, been laid over, laid off overnight. I'm here for all of it. And I just have so much heart for people right now. I have so much love for this community. I've seen Dijon build this community over the last few years. We've been friends for, I'd I'd say, at least five or six years. Isn't that right, Dijon? Yeah, since uh, Hive back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And I remember you walking around San Francisco with your camera, taking pictures. You took pictures of me, and I saw the community be built from scratch into what it is today, just hundreds of thousands of people all around the world connecting through that authentic eye-to-eye soul connection yeah it's been a really beautiful process and i'm glad you're part of the community i remember there was some specific time when it switched from me kind of like putting in all the energy to people really taking ownership of the space and i could tell by the way people were interacting in comments that 
they really felt like it was a space that we could connect and get to know each other and not be judgmental, but just like learn about each other and learn about ourselves through all the different reflections. So in reference to, you know, your process through all this, I would love for you to one, just explain briefly what you do and maybe talk about like where your life was, you know, right before all this happened. And then, you know, taking us through your process once this kind of hit and what you've been experiencing. That's such a beautiful way to lay up the question. Thank you. So my background is in rapid prototyping and I teach a method that comes from Google X, which is the moonshot factory of Google. It's, there's a ongoing joke that this is the semi-secret private research development arm, which is really the department of science fiction because they built things like Google glass and self-driving cars. And one of one, one person that we personally know, Tom Chi, was the original creators of this methodology. And I learned directly from Tom and also my partner, Jay. But what I do, and I have been doing before the crisis, is I train people in building new products and services and experiences at the earliest stages. And I teach them how to prototype and test so they can get feedback back so that they know if they're going to spend time or money pursuing an idea, it's the right idea. It's an idea that can really serve people. It can make an impact in the world. It can make money and it can be successful in the market. So before all of this happened, I was training corporate teams. I had a handful of speaking gigs lined up. I had one for Code for America, which is a summit in DC. I had another speaking gig lined up in Vancouver for an international design conference. I was going to fly back from Europe. I actually had plans to go to Europe all through. Um, I was supposed to be there now, essentially, in March and April and May. And two weeks ago, we found out overnight while my partner was en route to Ireland that the US was issuing a travel ban. And I think that's really when everything started to go south. That night, every single one of my clients canceled on me. I had just worked so hard to negotiate a deal with a local corporate team. And I was really excited because it was one of the deals that I worked really hard to negotiate and make sure that I was getting paid the, my worth. And I'd been working on that for a long time. And then overnight, it just folded. Me and my partner thought, my business partner that is, we thought, holy crap, like what are we going to do? We don't have any incoming money for the next month, the next three months. And based on what the news is telling us, the, the social distancing is going to impact our society for not just three months or four or five. We're going to see the results of it shaping out the next 12 to 18 months. And so I panicked and I cried and I felt immense amount of grief because it felt like everything that I had in my life was just lost. My freedom, my partner was going to come back. I knew that he was going to go into quarantine for 14 days. Can you imagine not touching the person you love for 14 days? It's the strangest feeling. You have to go to your quarters. We don't have a big house. Like we have a small apartment in Vancouver and we have to create our own little spaces. And I ended up sleeping in the sunroom, which is where you keep plants for two weeks. We used completely different bathrooms. We didn't touch. We sanitized every surface multiple times a day. I felt like I was living in a bubble mm. and it was very stressful. But in that stress, 
I discovered something about myself. I discovered that I'm a wartime CEO and not a peacetime CEO. For some reason, I react much better when there's a lot of crisis and uncertainty. A little bit of background about me. I used to be a humanitarian aid worker that worked in emergency conflict zones and disaster zones. So I was one of the first people that went to Fukushima after the nuclear radiation happened at the plant in 2011. I was also one of the first few people to be deployed in Jordan and Syria during the peak of the Civil War in 2013. I worked at Zachary, which is a really famous refugee camp because it's one of the largest refugee camps in the world. And also Angelina Jolie worked there, so it has a lot of press. But through this process, I quickly discovered I actually know how to act in this situation. I have a deep instinct for what people need, and I can't tell you why, and I don't know how, and I know I don't know the answers, and I'm pretty sure if anyone said they know what to do in this situation, that they had the answers, they're delusional, but I know what to do because I'm an emergency disaster responder. So overnight, me and my business partner, we decided that we would start running webinars. We would create content, we would help small businesses and entrepreneurs and anyone who is really suffering from a loss of, of abrupt income or a significant change in their work, we would help them create new offerings, new ways to position their business, new ways to sell new products and earn revenue overnight. So we launched on Friday and I created a website in like 30 minutes. I sent out blast on my Facebook. I was spamming everybody I knew. I was like, you guys, do you know small business owners? Like, get them in front of me. I can help them. And we started building that webinar. Today, I've run 11 webinars. Each one has gotten dramatically better. The very first few, I just embarrassed myself and humiliated myself in front of a bunch of very charitable people who went with me. And we learned and we iterated and we improved it and we made it better. And through that process, we also started paid offerings. So we launched a yoga studio styled uh, innovation lab where you can take workshops for $20 a piece. So they're really affordable. We have, we price that specifically so more people can find it accessible because everyone is strapped for cash right now. That's just the reality. And you can take these at your own time and pace. The first time I tried to build a paid offering out, it was about a week ago. The very first one I tested, I offered a four-week program. It was called Relaunch. It was a strike team. We were going to get together and we were going to hammer out the things that we needed to do in our business so that we could make immediate income in 36 hours. And the feedback that I got was, this is way too long. I would never do this. Four weeks, like who knows what's going to happen in four weeks. And plus, I don't have $400 to pay you. So I took all of that information and I tested with hundreds of people who came through the webinar. And today where we are is at a model that is scaling very, very rapidly. I am overwhelmed with work, actually. In midst of people getting laid off and companies shutting down overnight, I'm having to hire new people. We just hired three new people, and I haven't hired new people in four years. So this is all a story of, of thinking quickly and not being too afraid to take a guess. You don't have to be perfect right now. I think you've heard this in the webinar that I, I spoke to you and I told people, people, your customers are the most forgiving they'll ever be right now because all of us are uncertain. I'm uncertain. You're uncertain. The world is uncertain. We don't know what's up. But as long as we're authentically trying to serve and we 
genuinely want to make a difference in people's lives and we are competent enough to deliver content that can add value, then that's all you really have to worry about. And that's pretty much where we are now. Um, the speed has been moving so quickly. Overnight, I discovered something very unique in these 11 webinars. I also noticed that women were undercharging themselves for B2C products. So I took that information, I made another Facebook post, I threw it out there that I would offer some free group coaching to women who want to learn how to sell, market, and promote themselves in an authentic way that feels good. And I had over 100 signups last night, and that was just in a few hours. And I still don't have the website built out yet, but I'm going to do that immediately after we get off of this podcast. And I'm going to keep building, and it's going to keep growing. And so, yeah, overnight I became a money mindset coach. And I'm so excited because I had this dream four years ago. I told my partner, Ian, I was like, the one thing that really hurts me is knowing that women undersell themselves. And I know because I was there. And now with the virus, there's no holding back. I'm going fast. There's no doubt. There's no inhibition. The second that I have an idea, I'm just putting it out there in the world. So that's, that's my story. That's where I am. <laughs> Oh, that's super inspiring. And I can feel the passion that you're running on. And I'm sure everyone else can, can too, and like hear it in your voice. It's very, you're, you're being a great example for everyone. So we all appreciate that. And also, I'm, you know, outside of business and those incredible accomplishments you've already made, and I, I know you will continue to make, just personally, I'm curious about how this experience has affected you, you know, in your relationship, I know your parents are in the Bay and, and they're older, so you were worried about them. And also, I, I did hear you say that you were like a wartime CEO, not a peacetime CEO, but I could imagine it could be challenging if you always have to be in the position of leadership and you're never being led you know, or being guided. So yeah, if you want to speak to any of those things. Oh, we have thoughts on all of those things and I'll go backwards. I love signing up for great content. If anyone is looking for an amazing coach, you need to hire Dijon because I've worked with Dijon before and I saw that he had posted yesterday a relaunch of his program, Legends. My hand jumped up. I was like, I've got to do this because as leaders, we need to take care of ourselves and we're always learning. I'm never going to be at a place where I feel I've made it, never. I am always a student I am so disciplined to my learning, to my own practice in acquiring new skills, but also practicing them so that I can embody them too. So yes, leading at the front lines is exhausting. And anyone who is there right now, the, to the frontline workers in healthcare, to the doctors, to the nurses, to the people who are running delivery services, to the people who are doing paperwork for those delivery services to happen, I really want to thank you because that job is so tiring. I know because I used to work in war zones and your entire body is depleted of energy and you go through empathy fatigue. It is really hard. So during this time of extreme duress. We all have to be very thoughtful and considerate and gentle with ourselves. You know, I, I'm working 16, maybe 18 hours a day, but I still try as much as I can to sign up for my friend's yoga classes. So I did one this morning. So I woke up early to do a yoga class because that is my nourishment. That's the seed, water, air, 
uh, fertilizer that I need to keep running. So that's really important to me. On the topic of my parents, to just be completely transparent and human and raw, I'm really scared. I was very scared about my parents. They're in their 70s. One's in their late 60s. They're at home in San Francisco, and we're part of different generations. And so when I first tried to tell my parents how serious this was two weeks ago, they didn't believe me. They were like, chill out. Like, you're fine. China's going to be fine. They've been dealing with this for a while. And I was like, oh, my God. The number one stress in my life right now is not necessarily anything dealing with me or the virus. It's finding a way to overcome this educational and information gap because I was saying something to my mom and my dad and they were like, womp, womp, womp. like this is not even crossing over. We are on different wavelengths. We're talking on different stations on the television right now. Like you're not hearing me. So it was a really stressful time because my partner's family also thought they had the virus. So we are scrambling day and night. There was a moment when I was preparing for a webinar and then the Bay Area announced that there would be um, a closure on all stores. And I panicked and I said, we have to stop right now. We all need to make sure that our parents have their medication, their food, their supplies, because if my dad were to get this virus, he won't make it. I know that personally, he just doesn't have the immune system. Mm -hmm. And so I really resonate and I feel the empathy and sympathy for anyone out there right now who is really concerned about their family. I have friends who have cystic fibrosis, who have, are immunosuppressed, who cannot bear to take on any more bacteria. And so if you were being thoughtful and considerate and responsible by staying home and distancing, thank you, because that really means a lot to me. You know, I really care about people right now, especially those that are the most at risk of the virus. So I just want to say that, like, it is okay to be scared. I am scared. I'm, and I'm not going to be a superhero right now and tell you guys, like, I'm super zen and I'm all put together and everything's great and here's the silver lining. Because if I did, I would just want to punch myself in the face because that's not real for me. And I've had people bypass my feelings and say, oh, well, you could just see everything as a gift. I'm like excuse me, this is not a gift, not right now for me, maybe tomorrow, <laughs> maybe next week. And I think I can get there. But right now where I am is I'm really scared and I don't know how to process this. And I also want to say, to be completely transparent, my habits have changed. I'm not a person who drinks alcohol. I don't even enjoy it. And I have been drinking alcohol during this two-week period. I don't understand it. I've never used it before, but I see that there's so much stress that each person is trying to, to hold on to, and they're, they're crippled. You know, we're not, we're not exercising. We're not going outside. We're not socializing. We're not touching each other, and that isolation is causing a dependency on other things, and I just want to say that for anyone who's going through depression right now, which is 100% real, anxiety, panic attacks, um, you know, you're into substance addiction, you're not alone either. But it's really important that we stay honest with where we are so that we can let people in because it's not healthy for me to be drinking every single day to try to cope with what's happening in the world. And I know that. So I just want to be really honest with 
asking for help, you know, and seeing what, what's really going on. Hmm. Oh, I've been talking for quite a bit. Save me, Dijon. <laughs> I'll go on for hours. Well, I appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability. And it's okay to feel however you're feeling. That's for you and that's for everybody. You know, this is a, a time of like trauma and extremism. And like you said, we've never experienced this before. So our systems don't really know what's going on. And yeah, I honor your process. And I honor that you weren't allowing anyone to bypass your experience because your experience is your experience, right? So first of all, it's fine. And before we continue, maybe we could just take like three deep breaths together. I would love to. Yeah. So let's just sit up straight. Right. And then shrug your shoulders up towards your ears and then drop them down. And then just open your mouth and let the breath out for a second. And Why don't you join us? I, people listening at home. Yeah. We can all breathe together. Let's breathe together. That's the beauty of the eternal now moment is we're recording this now and you're listening to it now. So we're breathing together. So we're going to inhale to a count of four, hold the breath at the top for a count of four, exhale for a count of four, and then hold it out for a count of four. Inhale, hold four, three, two, one, audibly exhale, four, three, two, one, hold your breath, four, two, three, four, inhale, four, three, two, one, hold at the top, one, two, three, four, exhale, four, three, two, one, one more round, hold out, four, three, two, one, inhale, one, two, three, four, hold at the top, four, three, two, one, exhale, one, two, three, four, ah. Mm. <laughs> do you feel any different? I do. Calm, grounded. My energy is within my body. It's not being diverted or distracted or being released outside of my body. Hmm. So... As I already said, however you feel, you and everyone is fine. And at the same time, there's some fundamental universal truths about the human experience that if you really allow to permeate your consciousness, you can be prepared to face any situation. And there's lots of them, but one of them is that Need does not exist. 
you already have everything you need, right? Because what we need most is breath. So I would imagine if you're listening to this podcast that you probably believe in the soul, you know, this is souls of society. So <laughs> I'm just guessing, let's say you do. So we're not just physical beings. We're not just mental beings. We're spiritual beings also. So the source of our spiritual nature, let's just call it the source. Some people call it God. But when we breathe, there's life force energy from that source that comes into our body and animates our being. And ultimately, it's that life force that gives us power to do anything and everything that we do. So we don't need anything outside of that life force to survive. We can surrender to what's happening outside of us while focusing on our breath and trust life and let life come to us while just maintaining calm, even breathing. Because as you said, even though you had all these plans and these ideas about what your life was going to look like and what was going to happen, that all got taken away. And then now you're in this new situation, which obviously in some ways is not your idealized situation, but you mentioned in other ways, you have connected to some things you had placed on the shelf and you have gotten in touch with certain parts of yourself that give you more clarity about who you are and how you want to show up in the world. So there are gifts present, right? Is that fair? I didn't even get to the gifts part. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are so many gifts. The most beautiful lesson I've gotten in the last few weeks is the message of grief. Hmm. What is grief? What does it mean to lose what you thought you had? What does it mean to say goodbye or let go of a story that you had for yourself of how you thought things were going to work out? If you've lost your home, your family members, your lifestyle, you know, I have these sort of very small des human desires. I like to eat at the restaurant that's down my street. I like being able to go outside and run and exercise outdoors. I like going to my gym. And that's just a small example of something that I felt like I've lost. But when I started to really look at what grief meant to me, what I found was such a deep and profound love. It was the same feeling as gratitude, but it came from a different place. It came from a place of longing and nostalgia, but also a deep desire to appreciate the things that I already had. Mm. And I can't say that I've ever had such a profound experience of grief. It's one of those human emotions that we try to shortcut when we lose something or someone that we love. But it's this beautiful, sad, elegant mess that has actually made me feel more whole and more appreciative of my existence as a soul right now in this universe because I was given this life and this was part of my plan. It was my 
fate, kismet to be here at this time as a millennial, to be figuring out my dharma, my soul's path, my life's work in this time. And it was always meant to be this way. So when you talk about gifts, I feel overwhelmed with the amount of gifts that are also being delivered at my feet. Mm -hmm. And I kiss those gifts because if it weren't for this virus, how would I know how much I love my parents? How, how would I have discovered that I'm actually a family person? I never knew I was a family person. And here I am trying to message my family who live all around the world in all different cities, trying to connect to them and hold on to the very thing that we all share in common, which is love. Mm, that's so profound. That's beautiful. That's what crisis does do. It allows us to really focus in on what's important and there's been a lot of disturbing news, but there's also been a lot of people trying to help and create stimulus packages and, you know, make new masks. And just like everyone realizes this is a collective global crisis and everyone's connected. What happens to other people affects us. So it's in everyone's best interest to support everyone's highest development. And that's a way of relating as a human species that we weren't able to access until now. I would agree. We is the dominant narrative. It's not I anymore. It's we together, connected, unified, unity, oneness. And there's balance that is being restored. Ecological renewal is happening. Animals are returning back to places that they, they once left and weren't seen for years because we have slowed the pace of consumption worldwide and we've allowed Mother Nature to do the thing that it does best, which is thrive and grow and sustain life. I 100% agree and we're, we're ushering in a, a new way of relating with ourselves, first of all, and that's what I feel like the quarantine is about. It's about being in touch with yourself and trying to nurture yourself fully, right? Because you mentioned like the drinking, for instance, that maybe wasn't wholly supportive of, of your development and yet you do it. And I have plenty of things in my experience. I don't drink anymore, but I'll eat like junk food or stay mm -hmm. up too late watching Netflix. And it doesn't matter what it is. It, all that matters is in your soul, you know it's not your highest alignment, right? So yeah, we have to face and see and heal those things in our relationship with ourselves before we can make different choices about how we want to interact with other people in the world around us. I wish you guys could see, but I'm trying to give you guys like snaps right here because everything that you just said, Dijon, resonates so deeply with me. Yes, this is a time to look inward. We are all in time out right now. We're in the perfect Vipassana. This is the silent meditation that we didn't have to pay for or travel to go to. Right. It, it's time in. We're in time in. <laughs> time in. I like that. Because it's not a punishment, right? The universe doesn't punish us because it's like a parent, right? And it just wants us to, to grow up. And it was giving us signals for a long mm -hmm. time. Like, hey, you know, like, this isn't good. Like, now the ice caps are melting. Like, now this is happening. I saw a beautiful poem that somebody wrote today about, it was from the Earth's perspective, and she was like, 
I cried through the rivers running on the land until I had more, no more tears and the, and the rivers dried up, you know, and the earth has been signaling that we are out of balance for a long time and we haven't been listening. And the, the dominant narrative in our culture was I and money. Yeah. Right? So it's even, since I'm an artist, it even would like affect and, you know, the art world. So when you hear about a new movie, for instance, what you hear about is what's the number one box office movie, right? Like, yeah. and that's really more about like marketing and, and other things. It's like, who, who cares what movie made the most money? That's not necessarily correlated to the quality of the movie, right? And it's also not speaking to the artfulness or necessarily innovation. Mm-hmm. Because when a lot of money is invested in something, it's a product that there's an investment in and people want to return on, right? So even though we're talking about movies in this example, that's just, it can be taken across any field, right? Like Facebook was an innovative company, but at a certain point they stopped innovating because they became so big. So then they gobbled up Instagram because Instagram was innovating and they wanted Mm -hmm. that new energy. And now there's TikTok, right? Yeah. Um, And... I feel like that's kind of just the nature of the time we live in is that there's rapid change. There's rapid prototyping in society, which you are well suited for because that's what you do. And we have to embrace it, right? It's like we get so attached to wanting things to be a certain way, but really the next way is just a step on the path. You know, you step up, right? But then there's another step to the next level. And then there's another step, right? You just got to keep going. So true. Hmm. Feels good to be in this space. My heart feels clear. My soul feels in alignment. Thanks for sharing space. Yeah, thanks for inviting me into this space. To create it with you. Hmm. Well, I feel like we went to a lot of different places and there's a good amount of stuff to process. So maybe that's a, a good place to call it. But is there anything that you want to share about your life going forward that you want to call in or just any messages you want to convey to the people? Yeah, absolutely. I just want to meditate on that for just a second first. Now is the time to try new things. It's the time to be that next new version of yourself. Who are you becoming next? Who are you becoming now? Who do you want to become? This crisis, pandemic, whatever you want to call it, has given us an opportunity to really think and be intentional about what we're creating and how we're showing up in the world for ourselves and for other people. And the really fun opportunity in that is you get to choose. You get to create. What is your story? Who are you next? What is your personal narrative? 
how do you want to relate to money? How do you want to relate to others? How do you want to relate to the service that you provide through your work or your business? We're seeing so many people being driven by service right now, by altruism. And that's a story I want to be more a part of. I want to see more in the world. And I also think that we are at a great schism. The past is the past. And right now what we're doing is we're creating the new world, this new paradigm where we can rewrite the rules. It's a world where collaboration, love, connection, service, de devotion, and altruism rank queen and supreme. So be part of that future. What can you do today, one just small step, to live into that new reality and be part of that as we're shaping it together as a human society? Wow, bless That's it. <laughs> drop the mic, we out. <laughs> that is a dropped mic moment right there. Thank you, Olivia Wong. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with Olivia, Maybe you could drop your website so people want to learn how to rapid prototype. Yeah, for sure. It's prototypethinking.io backslash webinar if you want to check us out and what we're doing right now. I can also give Dijon the show notes um, with some links to where I'm at. You can find me on Instagram at Olivia M. Wong. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing yourself, Olivia. It was an honor and a pleasure. Oh, I'm so grateful. Thank you for having me and for listening to me. Oh, peace and blessings. Yeah. Take care, everyone. We hope you enjoyed that episode. This is what we're all about at Souls of Society. If you feel inspired right now, share this with one of your friends. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And most importantly, Embody your soul by living in your heart. It's our time. It's our time for harmony, togetherness, and peace. Much love. <laughs>